Welcome to the Carry Forward Podcast. We appreciate you stopping by and joining the conversation to help veterans who suffer from the hidden wounds of combat. Our mission is to help them find purpose, motivation, and direction after military service. We decided enough is enough. It's time to get real and stop sugarcoating things. Many of the unfiltered conversations we have are not easy. Stories are told, emotions run high, and people need help. Mental health is not something to be taken lightly. The Carry Forward team are not qualified to give any professional medical or mental health advice. We are here to lend a listening ear and share our past and present experiences. If you or someone you know needs help, please stop everything you're doing and get them the care they need. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Carry Forward podcast. I'm here with Andy and Will once again to continue our discussion about Afghanistan and how our veterans are doing. Most importantly, what I want to do is get out something real fast. We've got a lot of friends who've been messaging us, and there's been a lot of things going on recently. A lot of veterans are really hurting. So right off the bat, I just want to get the veteran crisis line out. So if anybody needs to get an anonymous phone call in or whatever, dial 1-800-273-8255 or text 838 838- Two five five, and that's the uh, veteran crisis hotline. That's uh, being put out there all over the place right now. I mean, we're um, we've even got the what is it? Senate Minority Leaders putting it out. I mean, there's a lot of people who are putting it out. So anyway, just wanted to get that out there. It's been a pretty rough week for a lot of us. Will, I know you were out of town. I was on an airplane most of yesterday, but yeah, um, was down in uh, down in Dallas doing the um, Sons of the Flag charity. Trap shoot, skeet shoot, and helice shoot, which was a ton of fun. But uh, those guys down there, the Sons of the Flag organization, are ran by a prior service uh, Navy SEAL and a prior service Ranger officer. The Ranger officer was hit by an IED way back when and suffered uh, quite a quite a bit of burn injuries on his body. So Sons of the Flag is a pretty cool organization that started out by just trying to help him get the right surgeries that he needed. So, you know, to, to improve his quality of life, help him, help him live longer, all that kind of stuff. And it's manifested itself into this pretty cool organization that has helped a lot of other veterans. And so, yeah, that was in support of those guys. And I think they raised almost 50 grand during that shoot. So it was pretty cool. It's not too shabby. So yeah, earlier this week, um, Gary and I took off, went down to Waverly, Tennessee, and I'm just going to go ahead and and pitch this out there for everybody. Um, if you're not aware of it, because it's just not being carried uh, in in the news right now because of all the international events that are going on. Little town, about 7,500 people, I think. Uh, Waverly, Tennessee got got just absolutely crushed with with some flooding on Saturday. So up upstream from them. There was 17 inches of rain in two and a half hours. They got caught up behind a bunch of debris that had gotten caught on a bridge and essentially created a dam when the bridge uh, let go and it, and it gave way. All that came running downstream. They've had over 20 people killed in that small community. And to my understanding, there are still people missing. I, I haven't been able to check yet this morning. So if you want to hop on over to something like the Red Cross and donate and specify it's for uh, Waverly, Tennessee, 
then that'll that'll go to some uh, some good folks that really need a lot of help right now. You can also check out the Tennessean online. They have a good article with with contact information for some local churches that are looking for uh, for assistance also. And that is that's whether you want to donate money or supplies or your time. If you if you can actually travel into Waverly and, and help out, it'll be greatly appreciated. And those folks desperately need it. Gary and Andy are far too humble to talk about their. Uh their commitment to, you know, their state and their communities there. But over the weekend, they uh, they loaded up pallets and pallets of water and drove them down there. So at least, you know, some of those folks in that area have some drinkable water and lend, you know, lent of themselves to uh, to help with the efforts down there. So good on you two guys. Well, I'm, I'm going to redirect that just a little bit because when Gary and I went to pick up pallets of water, we were the third third crew in line to pick up pallets of water there, and they were just regular people not part of any kind of a group. They were just local folks that saw that there was a need, set aside their own time and and knew that at a baseline, everybody's going to need water because they went from getting flooded to now we're in the, the 90s with high humidity. And so people are out there, they're, they're searching, trying to get stuff cleaned up. Man, I'll tell you what, it, it, is an, it is a legitimate disaster down there and they need a lot of help. And there are just regular people going out there and doing the deed. We linked up with the National Guard guys there at the National Guard Armory. So, you know, using our, our lingo, <laughs> <laughs> we were able to uh, work our way into the National Guard Armory and just kind of figure out what was going on. But it was good to see those, those I don't want to say kids, man, because there were a lot of people that were older than us in uniform. Well, there was a combination of folks there. There was Tennessee National Guard and Tennessee State Guard were down there. Man, I tell you what, they, they are getting all those supplies in, they're organizing it, they're getting it distributed, they're doing a lot of hard work out there. So big props to the the Tennessee National Guard, Tennessee State Guard folks that are out there that are doing it, along with the team of folks that we saw, Tennessee Emergency Management Agency and uh, and local churches. Man, I tell you what, we've got fire rescue out there from, from all over Middle Tennessee. I think every sheriff's department in Tennessee is involved. There's, there's, there's a, lot, I mean, there's of a lot of people down there. So it was awesome to see that everybody just came like that fast to help out yeah. and, and get on it. So, yeah, if there's any veterans in the area, too, that uh, especially in our local area or in, in within, heck, within striking distance, and you guys want to get involved, get your hands dirty and, and help out, get to Waverly because it's it, it was almost like a, a baseball bat of water. It just happened so fast. Multiple people described it as, as just a wall of water that, that came down the road. So if you guys want to get involved and you need a project to do, and I know you need a distraction – and you need to help somebody immediately, you know, no better time than to get into Waverly and get your hands wet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So, all right. So we're going to jump topics now. <laughs> so we're going to jump topics. Now. Smooth, <laughs> smooth transition. It's what we do, right? That's what we do. No, we're, we're getting, we're getting better at this. We're having fun. Yeah. So anyway, let me just go around the horn real quick. Cause I know we keep telling everybody else to do buddy checks. I'll start, you know, this week it got a little overwhelming. Will and I actually, you know, we kind of got into uh, conversation together. No, Andy, I didn't come cry on your shoulder. I'm sorry. You've lost that love and feeling. <laughs> I've lost that love and feeling. Yeah. But you know, it's been, it's been pretty stressful, you know, trying to figure all this stuff out that's going on, not only in a stand, but you know, here and then business wise and, you know, 500 other things are coming in, you know, and, and also trying to stay level headed and strong, I guess, if you will, for the, for what we're trying to do right here. And so many people hitting us up and asking questions and asking me questions. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it's just like, it gets, yeah. over, it gets overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it gets overwhelming for us. Yeah. Like, there's no question about it, and there's no shame in it. You know, it it got overwhelming for me for a little bit. But anyway, yeah, I had, you know, a couple conversations with Will, and then Will, I know he was bouncing stuff off of me, and he's like, come on, man, you got this. And it was 
you know, back and forth. But that's what we do is we just do the buddy checks throughout the week. So, Will, what you got, man? No, I'm in good shape, man. Uh, I had, uh, like I said, that freaking uh, help, being able to help those guys down there in Texas when we were uh, down there this week was a phenomenal feeling. And, and I got to do something that was incredibly cool for the first time. I've never shot some of those. Like, I've shot trap before, but that was like 20 years ago. And so it was also my first time shooting ski. And it was also my first time shooting that Helice, which is like, it's supposed to simulate live birds being released or whatever, or being kicked up by a dog or whatever. Man, that was fun. And it was difficult. The big shout out to the Dallas Gun Club. Tom and I traveled in from obviously out of state. So, you know, we didn't, we weren't flying with guns. So they let us use, uh, you know, some of their really, really nice over under uh, 12 gauges and supplied us with the ammo we needed. It was, it was awesome. But then, you know, you, you get done and everything comes snap back to reality. And then you got, you know, I'm sitting in the airport yesterday texting with you and I'm reading articles and stuff like that. Just trying to make sure that if I can help, I, I would help and knew what I'm talking about in real time and come crashing down again. It's like, son of a bitch, man, these guys are in an untenable situation right now. You know, I mean, you see little snippets of good news, like you and I were just talking this morning about there's a couple of guys that I'm connected with on LinkedIn that they have people on the ground that are feeding them real-time updates. And you see a, a snippet of good news like this morning that the resistance fighters that are in the Pancher Valley schwack, you know, almost 300 Taliban in, in an offensive uh, just, I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday, and then they recaptured almost 200 U.S. weapons. There's little snippets of good news, but your heart situation right now because it looks like we have a really small window closing up real fast to get our own countrymen out. It's, it's heartbreaking to know that it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it sounded like from that briefing, I mean, I don't know. I, I just watched a few minutes of that briefing and because I was doing six other things, but it just sounds like there may be that we may be in a little bit of a problem here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in with two things off of what Will just said. First thing is, Will, you're not allowed around my drone, okay, because <laughs> you now have experience shooting things out of the sky. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second thing is the experience of being able to go down to Waverly, and then, Will, you talking about going out to, to do the, the shoot, things like that helping other people. I think this is valuable for everyone. You get out of yourself for a little bit, right? You get outside of your, your head. You get outside of some of these the thought processes that are getting you down, and it completely separates you from that for a while. And I think it's it's it helps put you in a much better headspace. I'd agree with that for sure. You join the military to serve, mm -hmm. and then by helping other people, you know you're you're continuing to serve, so you're still you know scratching that itch. Yeah, and it, especially when it comes to things like disasters and you know what's going on, it's like. You kind of get a little bit of a thrill out of it still. You kind of get your, you know, you get your heart rate up again. You know, you feel like you've got set uh, purpose and motivation and direction in life, you mm -hmm. know, even if it's, even if it's just going down and dropping off some water and just talking to people, you know, or going out and, you know, raising funds for someone. Definitely exciting to help people again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that's why a lot of former service members get into disaster relief kind of stuff. It fulfills a need in them in some way not being a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist not trained professional. i not a trained professional never was <laughs> i i don't know why i just from personal experience and from speaking to other people that do that kind of thing it's it's very satisfying i would encourage everybody that listens to this to go out and find an opportunity like that they're all over the place we also know that there's a lot of folks in haiti that need a lot of help right now because they just 
man, they can't catch a breakdown. That's no kidding. Between earthquakes and storms, man, they have just been beat to heck. I did see some articles that, that Sock South has uh, has sent some folks in there to, to help with some of the disaster relief. To my understanding, helping control some of the uh, the air traffic that, that's flown in and out of there, which is, which is great. Something that you just said, Andy, that I just... I had to look again because I couldn't exactly remember for veterans that are looking to scratch that itch post-service and helping people again. I'm by no means putting a feather in their cap here, but Team Rubicon is a pretty big organization now that's found that was founded by a Marine and they do a lot of disaster relief stuff and you can volunteer with those guys during hurricane relief stuff, especially after Katrina and things like that. I mean, those guys were heavily involved with a lot of the disaster relief stuff. Mm hmm. What do you got, Andy? I know you're chomping at the bit. You've got some A-stand stuff that you want to talk about. Man, I am always chomping at the bit for something. I know. Right? Okay, so I think it's important. As people listen to me, you'll you'll learn a couple things. First thing is I talk a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Known that for for years. Yeah. Second thing is I like to frame the situation for people because if we just jump right in and start talking talking about things, we have a tendency as human beings to assume that everybody understands what I understand. And we have to step back. It's a conscious effort to step back and say, hey, wait a minute. Not everybody that is listening to me, not everybody that I'm talking to understands what the heck I'm talking about or the experience that that we're coming from that really influences why we feel the way we feel. I want everybody to understand, first and foremost, as this Afghanistan situation has continued to decline, more and more information has come out. And I have... I've watched veteran friends, friends that are still in also, watch their attitudes, their their perspective on this whole situation evolve a little bit, right? Because initially I saw a lot of folks that were just plain shocked. Yeah. They were shocked that that we tried to pull out as rapidly as we did without control measures in place. They were shocked that the Taliban took over as quickly as they did. A, a lot of folks, myself included, believed that the, the Taliban would have taken over most of the country anyways. But how rapidly that, that whole thing took place was, was a bit of a surprise. As information comes out about weapons that were left behind, vehicles, aircraft, biometric systems especially, that has gone from shock into some frustration, more frustration than what I think I saw previously, and then bordering on, I don't want to say anger because I, I think that that gives an inaccurate perception. But guys are guys are getting upset. I understand that civilians that have never served are also upset about it, but I want to give them a, a peek behind the curtain and see from, from a service member's perspective some of the reasons why we feel upset about it. The first thing I thought about was was creeds. Different units, different organizations within the military have creeds. Depending on the organization that you're in or the unit that you're in, how deeply ingrained in you and how frequently you recite that creed varies a little bit. So if we talk broadly uh, for the army, you know, you have the soldier's creed. Inside the, the, uh, the soldier's creed, one of the things is I will never accept defeat. And some folks are feeling like this is accepting defeat. I want to speak to veterans specifically and say, you were not defeated. Okay, you did your job and we thank you for that. I don't want them to feel like they were defeated. Okay, this is everything you see now is more on a political side. 
not on a military side. You also see, I will never quit. There are folks that have have used the word quit in, in the conversations that I've had with them. They feel like America is quitting, and then I will never leave a fallen comrade. Now, some people may think about that like, oh, well, yeah, okay, you're never going to leave another American soldier, but that's that's not the only comrade that you're on the battlefield with, especially with the way we, we do war now. We are, we are partnered in ways and integrated at a much lower level than we have been formally in, in previous wars. And so that is... That is how we see our partners, right? They are our comrades. When you get into get into the Ranger Creed and we talk about, I will never leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of the enemy, and under no circumstances will I ever embarrass my country. A lot of guys see this as an embarrassment right now, mm-hmm. and and that stings. That's a that's a pretty big thing that I'm hearing and seeing from people is that the, that this is an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You got to realize these these things are deeply ingrained into the core of who these service members are. That may not be the person they were when they joined the service, but that is the culture that's there. And as they progress through their time in the service, that becomes more and more deeply ingrained. When they leave the service, whether they ETS get out when they're you know three years or four years or whatever is done, or they go to twenty plus years and retire. They don't just drop it at the door. They don't take it off when they take off their uniform. It is still deeply ingrained. So those are some some points that I wanted to make about why service members are feeling the way they're feeling right now. And, and it is very, very intense for a lot of them because these are these are foundational to who they are as a human being now because of their service. And it kind of kind of circles back to last week's conversation where you were talking about, you know, and it, you bring a good point up where it, it's a creed and it basically gives words to a um, what we identify as mm-hmm. in the military. So yeah. it, it basically gives words to a uh, an identity. And, you know, kind of talking about what we did la- or talking about the whole identity thing last week. So, yeah, this that, that really tightens it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that whole uh, the whole reason why a lot of people feel the way they do. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, creeds. You know, we live and die by them. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I, don't, I notice you don't have the, you got the Ranger Creed in there and you got the Soldier's Creed, but you don't have. Oh, I do. You don't, you don't, I have do. The, you don't have the Airman's Creed? I don't, I don't, I didn't think to look there. it up, Will. I apologize. <laughs> Will's over there looking like, where's, no, where's our Creed? <laughs> <laughs> they're all similar. I mean, let's be honest. They're all similar. I mean, all of it, they're all, they're all you know, based in the same actual reality. And, and then when we jump to the Special Forces Creed, we have, I will not fail those with whom I serve. Goes back to the failure piece again, right? So these are these are absolutely folks that, that we serve alongside. If you're out there and you're listening to us and you feel this way, you're not alone. These are things that we are hearing from our other veteran and active duty and reserve service members that, that we talk to on a regular basis. Don't bottle it up, okay? Don't don't hold it inside and just walk around really angry. Sit down with your buddies and and have a conversation about it. It's important to understand that you're not alone, and to continue to feel like you are part of a community. When when you sit down with your friends, or when you give them a call, shoot them a text message, whatever, uh, or like those team text messages. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a great opportunity. There were some to, doozies this past weekend. <laughs> 
let's be honest. That's why we, that we, we weren't ready to launch this podcast yet. Yeah. As these things unfolded, I know for myself and Gary specifically us two anyway, the stuff was starting to become quite upsetting. And we just kind of said, you know what the hell with it, let's get busy, whether it's perfect or not, <laughs> probably not. Uh, it is what it is. It began out of a situation where I needed to talk about it because I was getting too, too damn upset about the whole situation. And instead of internalizing it, we just got busy. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. Words have their, their place. Actions have their place also. And I think right now it's time for action. And there's so much you can unpackage here. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of, of things. Will, you said something about the, this isn't perfect. It never is going to be. Yeah. I'll start buffering at one point. TBIs will kick in and I'll forget what I was going to say. And Andy will have to pick up my drool and all that other stuff. It's going to happen. I mean, we're it's never going to be perfect, but at least we're getting the conversation started. And- right. If we focus on this, if we focus on getting this thing perfect, it'll never become a thing. And then all the things we're talking about would just continue to fester inside. And for me, this is a hell of an awesome outlet for me to just jam with you guys and you know, keep, keep my headspace right too, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of this stuff is, a lot of the stuff's happening out there in, in the world is just so jacked up. And I know that I can feel my blood pressure rising when I start to focus on it and get upset. And I hope this finds its way to people who need to vent and outlet too. But just as much as I hope it helps everyone else, helps me just the same. It already has. That's the crazy part. Uh, when we publish the podcast officially on all the platforms, people are actually listening to the whole thing. Dang. It's getting to someone already within the first conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Well, you said, you know, perfection, perfection, perfection. That's a that's one of those things that, again, kind of ingrained in us, you know, especially as you start moving up the chain with what you're doing in the military. You know, you've got Joe on the battlefield that goes to be a ranger and it goes up to special forces and, you know, beyond and then you got fighter pilots that but there's like this this thing in in our heads sometimes where everything has to be perfect like it's got to be perfect like the plan has to be perfect the mission has to go off with without a hitch or i'm gonna get in trouble this is a whole i'll get beat up in the aar i'll get beat up in the aar (laughs) (laughs) or yeah yeah or i'll get beat up back at the pop (laughs) (laughs) this thought process of things have to be perfect before they launch that's a paralyzing thing, uh, especially for me. Starting a business, running the running the business that we run, you know, that Andy and I are working here, and it's, and you, I mean, you're in a creative space too. I mean, heck, you guys mm-hmm. make clothing. If the stitch isn't perfect, or it doesn't feel right, it's not 100% perfect, or if the graphic isn't lined up right, or if my mm-hmm. script isn't perfect, we're not launching. Where the heck did that come from? It had to have come from somewhere probably in our adult life of, you know, hey, do we have all of our ducks in a row before we leave mm-hmm. the wire? Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I think that it, it, it kind of makes people hesitate. Now, going beyond us, and I'm just speculating, there may be a lot of folks out there, a lot of veterans out there that are wanting to do things with their hands or wanting to do things, but they get vapor locked in, in paralysis by analysis and, and trying mm-hmm. to be perfect before they go out and do something. I would say if, if you needed to uh, just a, a kick in the ass, you know, don't be perfect. Who cares? nothing in life is perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And if you keep striving for it, you're going to be vapor locked and you're going to be sitting on the fob. Yeah. Your best laid plans rarely survive first contact. So who cares if you have a hundred percent solution? Guess what? I mean, whether it's making a shirt or whether it's launching a podcast, you know, if we think something is a hundred percent solution, we spend all those months and weeks preparing for a launch of something and it comes out and it's shit. I mean, cool. Way to go guys. (laughs) Good job. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the reality of this is that we know that there's other people that feel the way we do. And, uh, and pardon my, my language, fuck it, let's launch. 
You know what I mean? It's time. It's go time. Hey, it's rated P for pirate mouth, so you're good to go. <laughs> Yar. And I made sure that when we publish this, it's explicit. So you're good. F-bombs <laughs> all over the place. Drop them on the way out the door. <laughs> like landmines. F-bombs on foreheads? Yeah. F-bombs on foreheads. Yes. <laughs> just like F-bombs on foreheads. Oh. Oh, man. So anyway, I, yeah, I was just trying to, that, that whole perfection thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not easy. It'll get you. It'll get you every time. Yeah. And I tell you what, people people want to take action with this whole Afghanistan thing. What we want to shy away from here is we want to shy away from condemnation or endorsement of a political party or some sort of a platform for donating to help folks. Uh, just understand that they those platforms for donation are out there. There are private organizations, there are NGOs that that are collecting money and they're trying to put that to good use. Do a little bit of research, mm-hmm. make sure you're, you know, you're giving to somebody legit because I'm, I haven't, I'm unaware of any currently that are scammers, but at some point they're going to pop up if they haven't already. I'm sure. One thing I did see was uh, somebody did question. There is an organization that's an LLC. They're not a, they're not a 501 or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, being questioned. But what's awesome is that several people know the owner and they vetted it and they were like, yeah, this dude is giving everything he's got just mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a private business does not mean. Yeah. So, but just do your homework and just yeah. make sure. Cause I mean, you know, if, if a dude like that snaps into action, can't say, Hey, wait, let's wait to help this, help these guys while our federal government, my 501c3 exemption or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, who, who gives a shit? Let's just get an action. Let's get into the action. I mean, who has time to fill out that hundred page application form? Oh, my gentle Jesus. <laughs> That's not where I thought you were yeah. going with that, but okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, I... <laughs> Well, hold on. This segues into a good uh, good thing. I forgot. I got it on the ticker down there. So, it, Will, you guys, all through the month of September, you guys are taking portions of... Typically, you donate to Camp Southern Ground. Yeah. You're, you're going to divert funds from all purchases during the month of September to uh, some sort of evacuation or relief effort inside of uh, Afghanistan, right? Yeah. We're just, just like you were just talking about, we're trying to figure out the right place for that to go. Our normal donation uh, for the month of September that we don't, you know, that we'll have set aside for Camp Southern Ground, we're going to divert to whatever organization we end up finally vetting out that that needs the funding to get Afghans out, get Americans out. Sweet. Yeah. So if anybody wants to uh, participate in that, go over to eighthorder.com and uh, just purchase product, you know, whatever. And then you're going to, as you as you wear that, you will know that you've helped an Afghani or an American get the heck out of, out of there, or or had some sort of relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to necessarily 100% without a shadow of a doubt say somebody's going to get out of there, but you're going to help. So every time you right. every time you put that shirt on, you will always know that you were part of the part of the. Uh, I don't, what would what would you a part of the effort? The effort, yeah, yeah. yeah. However, it's going to go down. Uh, unfortunately, it can't be one shirt, one one rescue. That that would be. Uh... I wish that was the case. Holy crap. Wouldn't Will, that, let's figure this out real quick. That would be the shit. One shirt, one, one rescue. Shirt, one All rescue. Right. <laughs> All right. Our, shirt, our shirts are now cost $150,000 a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. So we can rent an airplane. <laughs> so we can, yeah, we'll get an airplane yeah, real quick. I'll rent an airplane. <laughs> yeah. So let me, let, me, let me segue into something here that I've been battling with. Andy, I know you battle with it. I battle with it. There's, we all want to get into the fight. I don't know about you, but my back might not let me. <laughs> but <laughs> schlepping water around the other day, I was like, <laughs> I had to go to the chiropractor. <laughs> it was well worth it, though. Yeah. But broke ass old men. 
Pretty and much. <laughs> <laughs> it takes one to know one. It's true. I don't know how many jumps I have, but my doctor's like, how are you walking? All of them. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, that's true. All the jumps. All the jumps. <laughs> so one thing that I stop and, and think about, the desire to run into the fire and save someone. That's a, it's, it's another trait, and it's another thing. And I applaud it, and I guarantee you that Without a shadow of a doubt, I know many, 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 many people that would go straight into a fire and pull someone out. I would like to hope that I would. Uh, you just never know. Uh, read on Killing and on Combat to find out how it actually really works. If you want to get involved, get involved in a calculated way. Do not get involved where you're going to pony up with your passport and your leftover kit and you're gonna go riding in through a Taliban rat line. Your your leftover kit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. My my camelback, my that camel groin protector <laughs> and um, the neck guard. And, <laughs> and a burnt up canteen cup. <laughs> That's the uh, burnt up canteen cup that I had to pay eighty nine ninety nine to get out of the army with. And a pair of blown out boots. Yeah. <laughs> and some and some britches that don't fit anymore. <laughs> see this is where it goes yeah this is a but right but think about it we're laughing and joking around about this but we've seen this happen <laughs> like we have seen i mean iraqis afghanis syrians they all show up with a burnt canteen cup and a blown out boot and they're ready for war man <laughs> I'm telling you, get some they're ready to get some yeah i mean if you're gonna go to war in in sandals um, oh yeah that's pretty big deal, and a man right? dress yeah Whew, yeah, like hardcore that's, stuff right there, bro. That's just being hard right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Woodpecker lips. Yep. Yeah, it is. But it, <laughs> leftover kit. Yeah. I like, like we went out to dinner the night before. <laughs> anyway. Oh I would just I would just advise be be cautious. Uh be calculating. Be smart. Remember that you are um you represent the United States still. You took a lifelong oath. Be cautious. You don't have airstrike capability. Let's just put it that way. So and I know there's a lot of people that are really really wanting to get you into guys remember what happened in Iraq after uh you know, after the that we pulled out of there. I mean, you found all sorts of civilians on the battlefield and you read stories about civilians on the battlefield that just jocked up with their kit and Rode in to, uh, to try to help, especially the Kurds. And uh, I'm not going to tell, tell anybody what to do or what not to do, but that's a dangerous situation, especially with no top cover like you're talking. You're not falling under the regular rules of war like you would if you were jocked up with your unit. You're, you, get, you get taken, you're just taken. Yep, and you'll disappear in some prison somewhere. In some, Absolutely. And they'll move you all over the place, and guess what? You Best laid plan in the world, you're, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that would just, Absolutely. I would just recommend that because I know that there's a, um, like you said, a lot of people are upset and there is a group of people that I've talked to that are downright mad and it, it happens and it's like, guys, let's, uh, let's, let's bring the, the temperature down a little bit. Let's take a tactical pause. Let's think about it. Uh, we know the window's closing, you know, excuse my French. I don't mean to insult anybody. But the uh, but you're going to that's that's what Gary says that's, before he insults that's people. my that's my way of <laughs> that's my way of prepping the battle space. But uh, insult disclaimer, pirate yeah. mouse here. Excuse me for everybody, but these fuck stains that <laughs> have I don't think that's French that have told us what we're gonna do with our citizens. And isn't Afghanistan not a sovereign country? 
There's no it's, recognized government there it now, It is right? a failed state. It is a failed state. Failed so state, you don't yeah. tell Americans what to do yeah. in a failed state where we have people. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I don't, that it. was one thing that I was wondering myself in the first damn place when General Austin said, well, we don't have authority to do that. And I'm sitting here scratching my head going, well, a week ago, you had the authority to do whatever the fuck you wanted to in that country. Now, all of mm-hmm. a sudden, you don't have the authority to do anything? True. So you're taking orders. Who told you that? The terrorists. <laughs> The, the terrorists. The, 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 the French, <laughs> the terrorists formerly known as. Oh, my God. I don't want to say it again. <laughs> I don't want to insult people or break people's hearts too much. I don't want them to think ill of me. That's, they already do. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I am who I am, and we are who we are. <laughs> True. And, and you know what? I hope that somebody just heard me say that, and I hope they were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I tell you what, for people that really want to do something, once again, not picking a, a political side, I highly recommend if you don't know who your your representatives and your senators are, get online, find out, take some time, write out a, a professional letter, okay? Uh, write out a, a professional email. Cursing probably is not going to carry a lot of weight, Right. Uh, threats will get you in trouble. Name calling is not productive, right? Sorry, that's just the way it is. Well, that goes with anything. It turns people's ears off right away. Yeah. So um, write your elected representatives. Tell them what you think. They need to know that there's an issue because as I've gone through some of these uh, these NGOs' websites, uh, some of the stuff that they've put out, and they talk about uh, the issues they're having with the Department of State, you got to realize – if you're not going into Afghanistan to recover people, if you're going into one of the border countries or some other country in the region, those are sovereign countries, right? Like, they do what they want to do because it's their country, right? And they're not wrong for doing that. But that's got to be coordinated, and that has to be um, official, mm-hmm. right? So there are letters and agreements and all kinds of things that have to happen. My understanding is that DOS is, I don't expect them to cater to NGOs, but they're certainly not being very helpful to the NGOs that are trying to get this stuff done What's an where NGO? our own government has failed. Non-government organization. There you go. What's DOS? De- <laughs> Department of State. Department of Stupidity. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Easy. I know, I know. I got you. Them in their little bow ties and pins. <laughs> we need them all. We, we do. Yeah. We no, I, the, only reason, the only reason why I ask you that is because there's a lot of people who are listening who probably don't know all the acronyms. True. Remember, we got, yeah. some, we got some people in here. Yeah, that's, don't, that's very They don't true. necessarily know all the acronyms, so we just got to make sure that we elaborate on it. Absolutely. Good catch there, Gary. Thank you. Good catch. That's the, uh, that's, uh, the, the briefer in me. <laughs> Remember, you're not briefing just military people. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So that everybody that is this watching watching right now, uh, that is in our podcast room, just be aware that I am sitting here. As you see me mess around with the with the tablet here, I'm I'm just trying to uh, keep an eye on that. So that if anybody has any questions or issues that they want to throw in there, um, anything that that's appropriate and applicable, I will try to I'll try to get to. Just be aware that that is there. Yeah, we get a. So Dina's got it. She's always she's a super fan. You know that, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Anyway, so she's got a she's got a pretty decent comment here. As a civilian, I feel that uh, that way as well. Uh, we're surrendering. This was back on the creed when you were talking mm-hmm. about the creed. 
um, and how we will never surrender and all that. For example, when I heard on the news that they they have countered the possibility of extending the evacuation beyond August 31st to say they will attack. Uh, because after they said they will not allow our evacuation beyond August 31st without causing trouble, that's when I started hearing <clears throat> Joe Biden say that this will not go past August 31st. Hopefully what I'm commenting is making any sense. I feel that the United States is backing down from a threat, and this disappoints me, and more importantly, it scares me. That's an interesting... Yeah, the last part especially. I mean, I think that the whole idea of the un unintended consequences of, of this, you know, we might feel this for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, just think about, you know, what happened in Iraq, right? We've all been there. We've all done that. The second we left, what happened? Exactly the same damn thing that's happened in Afghanistan right now. The ISIS or what do they hate to be called? Uh, Daesh. They come rolling in and then what did we have to do? The unintended consequence of however that went, went was a whole bunch more of our dudes had to be redeployed back in there mm -hmm. to, you know, start putting bombs on foreheads. Then we had to open up a whole nother front on the serious side of things, right? I mean, I don't think any of us or, or any of our people in the government intended to do that. We've seen this movie before. Right. We know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. She's right to feel afraid. That place is a harbinger of bad, bad things. And left unchecked, bad things are going to continue to happen. I can't believe we haven't gone back to the lessons learned from previous things in our nation's history and said, okay, well, this is a stupid fucking idea. Why are we just like pulling chalks and saying peace? I mean, I have my own suspicions, but people are right to be upset and be afraid. I'm trying to fend back some of the, some of those semi-exact feelings, you know, on my own home front. You know, my wife, she's deployed. Has, not is. Has, not is. Did I say she was or she is? Well, you said she's. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Right. No, no. She has that, that particular right. contraction. She is now a number of different things. You're right. right. You're right. Yeah. Words mean things. Words mean things. <laughs> you know, she is a civilian now. So, yeah, <laughs> she is not deployed. But, it, you know, she saw it from a, a different aspect than what all of us have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's concerned that, you know, there's there's a very real possibility that these these things may not be over with by December. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the, one of the concerns that that we kind of have internally is are our sons going to be dealing? If my sons are dealing with this, I'm going to feel guilty. And I think all dads kind of feel that way who yeah. have been in the service, seeing their kids. Yeah, you're going to be proud, like yeah, you know, you go go get some, but then you're going to have it in the back of your head, mm -hmm. like we could have fucking finished this. Well, let let me expand on that here for just a moment. First thing is there are veterans whose sons and daughters have done this, mm -hmm. have already done this. That's true. Before this whole yeah, debacle. That's okay? true. I, I happen to know a guy who was a ranger medic and then later a flight medic. And I remember seeing him, gosh, it's probably been about five years ago. He, he showed some pictures of his daughter deploying to the same location he had been deployed to as a flight medic, and she was then a flight medic. And it's like, come on, man. We've been at this for a when, while. <laughs> when, when is this going to end? Yeah, exactly. Right. So there's there's a lot of frustration as far as that's concerned, and then that kind of leads into the next one, which is while we tend to think of warfare and put it into a masculine concept, the DoD has changed, mm -hmm. and women are in combat arms. That's not to say that women weren't in combat before. That's to say that you're going to see a heck of a lot more of it, right? 
when they're in combat arms. And then there's also a bill, I think it's still up now, I don't know that it has been thrown out, to make women eligible for the draft. Yeah, I thought I saw something about that. Yeah, so the question is, for those of you with daughters, do you, is that what you want? You want your daughter to get drafted because if, if she is eligible for combat arms, she's going to get drafted into the combat arms more than likely, right? Need a lot of infantrymen out there. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a generational war so f- already so far. I mean, I follow a guy on uh, on our LinkedIn, and he is the president of uh, the Global War on Terror Memorial Fund. Um, it's he, he does a lot of work with former President George W. Bush on that front. And he was a he was a special forces guy like like you fellers. Dude's very vocal, very, very vocal about supporting our nation's veterans. But his boy is a paratrooper with the 82nd and has been there and done that and come home safe and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, you know, you got two generations of warfighters with CIBs on their chest in the same war. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever been a. It it, it has happened before. Not, not in U.S. history. Yeah, yeah, it has what? happened. Um, Gosh, I read a story about a guy that was a World War II Korean War vet that went to Vietnam, mm. um, and his son also went to Vietnam. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he started in World War II. Then. Started in World went War II. Went through Korea, ended up in Vietnam. Yep. Son ended up in Vietnam, too. Yep. Jeez, it's crazy. It's not that it hasn't happened. Mm. It's just that it's it's not so common. But no. once, once you start hitting yeah. uh, two decades of war, uh, uh, a lot more common really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, I'm going to I'm going to sweep right back around to what I said before and that is if you're frustrated with it, you don't like it, you know what to do. Send an email, right? Cuz it's faster than than a than a letter. Be polite, be professional, tell your elected representatives what you really think about what's going on. Lots of people get angry, we understand. You know, we're part of that. Uh, however, the action that you take when you're angry says a lot about you, right? And, and if you haven't exhausted all of the systems that are in place for for you as a citizen to make a change, you need to rethink what you're doing. But you know what causes me concern? Is that pissed off motherfucker that can articulate while he's mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the ones. Yeah. Those are the ones you got to worry about. That's the that, dude to look out for. That's the dude to look out for. Like he's, whoa, he's articulating very well <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can tell they're mad. Yeah, <laughs> those are the ones you got to look yeah. out for. <laughs> that guy's got a plan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna make they're gonna make moves. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the conversations that we've been having. Andy and I've been having this conversation a fair amount. That you know, if you want to stay involved in your communities, you know, we all we get out. We've already spoke about this. You know, you've got the the creeds, you got the identities, you've got the uh, desire to serve, you've got all these things, and there's a world of things to do out there, and get out there and actually make an impact. Mm-hmm. One of the and like you said, Andy, you know, pick up that pen or or keyboard or whatever, and and write and get these, get your professional articulated thoughts out there, and make sure that you are. Keeping your emotion out of it. That's the big thing is keep your emotion out of it. One of the stigmas is that, you know, veterans are a powder keg. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will, you can speak to this a lot with what, you, what you've got going on um, from the Camp Southern Ground side and with the PTS and, and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. But, and, and I'll tell you what, there are times I'd, I feel like I'm a powder keg. You know, it's just, it just, it's just what it is. But the thing is, you don't want to show the world that you are a powder keg. Don't be writing 
letters to your, you know, your representatives and all that other stuff. And you know, well, fuck this. And I'm going to gun up and I'm going to. It's like, no, bro, you, you literally just fell into the stereotype and you just, you fell into the trap that we are trying to prevent. Mm -hmm. If you, if you stop and think about it, one of the biggest things in the military, uh, was professionalism and know your audience. And I, maybe not at the Joe level, there was professionalism, but there was, Joe don't know his audience. Okay. I, I was a Joe for a while. I didn't know my audience. Didn't know my audience. But there was a reason why, that, there was a reason why when the commander would have everybody in the room and be like, does anybody have any questions? And the first sergeants all perked up like little prairie yeah. dogs. All the first sergeants were like this. Don't you fucking say don't a word. And you dare. got that one PFC. Yeah, the one And PFC. the hand starts going, everybody's like, oh, oh we are so dead. We're done. Yeah, sir. What about my leave? Uh, <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> Those guys don't know their audience. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now's not the time, little fella. <laughs> <laughs> that first starts like, you better have a two court and meet me in my office. After <laughs> you better bring a PT belt. Bring your squad leader. lunch because I'm going to eat it. Bring your yeah. lunch because bring I'm going to eat it. Bring your squad leader. <laughs> and his mm. lunch, too. And your platoon. So yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. So uh, anyway, kind of getting, <laughs> not getting off track here, uh, but know your audience. Okay. You, I'm, I'm a veteran. Okay. We're not a subgroup of anything. We're all veterans. I'm a, I'm a green beret. Uh, earn the tab will always be a green beret, but I'm a veteran. Okay. I'm not, I don't walk around. I'm a veteran green beret. No, we're all veterans. And we all have this thing that's called a level of professionalism that people are going to expect. And they're going to expect us to, you know, if you want to wear the title veteran, then wear it with pride as if you're wearing the uniform because when shit hits the road, then stand up and be the proper leader. Mm -hmm. And don't be the emotional leader and know your damn audience. Yeah. If you're going to write a letter to your senator, remember you're talking to a freaking senator. It doesn't matter if you like him or not or her. Yeah. It does not matter. They are still an elected representative of you, which means you need to be a professional. Yeah. And, and, and don't, don't use the excuse of, well, my senator is never actually going to read this. It's going to be a staffer. Got it. It's going to be a staffer. Unless it's a really well-written letter that that staffer deems is appropriate to take mm -hmm. to the senator. Now, that may be one in thousands, and I got that. But maybe you're that individual that can write at that level and express things in such a way that it, that it makes it important. Or if you're not, just get a bunch of guys and gals together, and you guys do like a group letter. We'll do like, do like a group. Everybody puts a, their Everybody signature on the back. Yeah. yeah. Have a few pages of signatures yeah, on just there. have a few pages of signatures or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the, the moral of the story is know your audience, be a professional, do not be a powder keg, and, and you know, fall into the trap of, you know, I'm, I've got PTSD, so I'm so pissed off. Like, guys, right. take a breath, relax, and fight the good fight. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, that's one of the stigmas we're trying to get rid of in the first damn place, right? Is that is that you know we're all a bunch of knuckle dragging Neanderthals in that? Okay, now now, now wait a minute, a wait a minute, Will. We have some knuckle dragging Neanderthals in the community. That's true. <laughs> have you seen the scars on his? Have knuckles? you seen my knuckles? <laughs> and that's who, yeah. Gary's a refined knuckle dragger. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a finely groomed, manicured beard. He's you been didn't... shaved down. <laughs> I went to selection 84 times. <laughs> Finally got it. <laughs> Drag my, my knuckles. Is, is Drag that. my knuckles on the first 83. Right. Yeah. 
that while Gary may have scars on his knuckles from that, putting him in that box of people that we shouldn't listen to because he did what he did and he came from where he came from, or that he's broken or he's prone to be a powder keg, that's the kind of stick. That's what you were getting at, Gary, is the kind mm-hmm. of stigmas we're trying to break. Right. Act out and lose your shit on one of your senators. It just lends fuel to that that argument that we're all we're all broke down post traumatic stress sufferers and that we can't be well that's that's the stigma we're trying to break right we're not broken you're absolutely correct that kind of stigma does bleed into your your personal life uh, your your business life you will find people that have bought into that and some of them mm-hmm. will be very surprised when they talk to you and they're like oh you you're a vet well I mean you don't you don't seem broken to me <laughs> that's because right. You're not, I'm not broken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, we we talked a little bit about, you know, maintaining community with friends and doing those buddy checks and stuff like that. Uh, social media is a great way to do that. That is one way to stay in touch with with your, your buddies that you served with. Guys that were in the same unit, if not at the same time, mm-hmm. right? There, there are groups for that kind of thing. But I also want people to consider the American Legion and the VFW. The populations in in those two organizations, the average age has gotten quite a bit older. And being able to, man, they they want you there. They legitimately want you there. They they want some some GWAT vets to come strolling in that door and and sign up and become a member and start sharing with them on a regular basis. And they're going to share with you and that experience that you're going to get from those guys. Because I'm telling you what, they have gone through many of the things that you are going through right now. They did it maybe 30 years ago, right? So their perspective of, of going through this and having to kind of kind of gut through it, and many of them without the same kind of support that we have now, most of them without the same kind of support that we have now, man, I tell you what, that is a, an absolute treasure trove of experience and knowledge and wisdom that, that I would encourage every veteran listener to go participate in. And usually they have good snitchel. <laughs> the one right down the road here does a what? Yeah. yeah oh schnitzel, man, they, man, they do they do all these like uh, fish fries and stuff. It's yep, so there's fish I, fries. Oh yeah, I literally fries. yeah like, literally the schnitzel. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our, ours, we got a fair amount of Germans in the area, so we got. All, <laughs> I got one that's right next to my house. And I drive by and it's like schnitzel buffet tonight. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, oh, Gare Bear is going to go kick the door open and be like, boom. <laughs> What's up, guys? Up with that schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel, I don't, too. Look, I don't, I don't drink, but I'm here for the party. <laughs> okay, disclaimer. Your local may not have schnitzel. <laughs> Got it. Okay? Right. Or fish fry. You just... may have to encourage them to, you know, baby steps. Baby go to step. hot dogs from hot go. dogs, switch over to brats. Yep. Right? Upgrade to burgers. Once you're at brats, start throwing in a little bit of sauerkraut, you know? Yep. Just don't roll in there with that, like, keto diet shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> some of y'all oh just, my goodness! Some of y'all just keep that shit out of the VFW. <laughs> right, I'm pretty sure. That <laughs> and don't tell a Korean War vet that he needs to start doing CrossFit. Okay? Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds like a story. Did that happen? Uh, no. no. Not, well, I mean, you should. I, I'm willing to bet with CrossFitters, it's happened more than once. <laughs> Brother, I've had so many conversations with Cross. Bro, you need to get into CrossFit. No, I like my back. <laughs> 
and I got to be careful with it. And I got to be real careful, I gotta be with, careful with it. Like I, I seen you guys do pull ups before. There is no form there. <laughs> that I'm not a. I'm not a. I don't physicist. know what that is, but it ain't a pull up. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a. Vert- it looks like a hanging seizure. <laughs> My wife does CrossFit, and so do my two oldest daughters. And I can't even. No, I, no. I can't do it. Nope. They're like, oh, I'm going to go knock out like 500 burpees into pull-ups. Like, okay, you have fun with that. I'm going to go back to bed now. Yeah. Cool, bro. <laughs> cool, bro. <laughs> uh, it's funny because my wife walks around here all the time, and she's like, she, <laughs> she's like, I can always tell one of USF guys. I'm like, well, that's pretty pretty stereotypical. She goes, no, look at the thighs on you guys. You're wearing your tiny little shorts, and you guys got these big old shoulders walking around. <laughs> I'm like, how do you know that's not 101st kids? Not, clearly not talking about me. <laughs> clearly, not talk- clearly not talking about me. Yep, I, got I, my, I am the anomaly. <laughs> oh. yeah, I've embraced the dad bod. I embraced the dad bod before I even took my uniform off. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you have a vet bod. Uh, there you go. You have a vet bod. Is, is that what it is? There's yeah, which is like a dad bod with more knee pain. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 You now, you could substitute that with back pain, ankle pain, you know, wrist sure. pain, whatever, man. Your shoulders. You're pretty much fueled Death. by... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're pretty much fueled by hate, anger, CLP, caffeine, Motrin, Motrin tobacco, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and some rippets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what's keeping you alive. Dude, man. I'll never forget when... I'll never forget the first time Rippets made their emergence here stateside, and I was like, <laughs> "Did you, did you have a moment, Rippets? <laughs> Where did this come from?" <laughs> I was disappointed. I was, I was legitimately disappointed when I first saw them that they didn't come in the small cans commercially. Oh, I'm like, yeah. "Come on, the midget cans, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Midget cans. I, I want to, I want to go to Sam's Club oh. or Costco or wherever else, and I want to buy a flat." Of the little <laughs> Rippet cans. What yeah. flavor? Hey, do I really like them? No, not really, Just man. It's it's nostalgia. I'll tell you what. This is what we're going to do. We That's need to exactly go, right. We need to go find a, a case of Rippets, and we're going to put it in the background here. We're just going to have like a whole bunch of like... <laughs> OIF, OEF nostalgia in here. Was, yeah, so if there's maybe any... Maybe we um, can get them to sponsor our podcast. Yeah, well, I was also go. thinking that if there are any Taliban out there that came across a cache <laughs> of Rippets, and you want to get rid of it, uh, just hit us up. Send us a I message. Know a I know we'll, a we'll send you a PO box. I'm not giving you the address to my house, and you can you can send us a, a few pallets of rippets, and we'll we'll put them right here in the I background. Got, I got one even better. How about we just take a plane in? <laughs> we promise we won't sneak out any uh, any Afghan interpreters on our way out. Don't do that. Be, don't. We're coming just for the rippets. Just, just for the rippets. Yes, just for the rippets. Nod, nod, wink, yeah. wink. Mm-hmm. You guys sure are heavily armed for rippets. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> That's expensive cargo, That's boy. Expensive. <laughs> and then as but you're flying over the country, you can just chuck them out the back one at a time. Man, I'm all for leaving hand grenades. <laughs> telling you. Oh, that would, <laughs> that'd be epic. That Gary, would just be funny. Gary and his aerial delivery of hand grenades, man. I don't know. I don't know where this this desire comes from. It's like old World War One bomber type stuff. Where oh, they just hang okay, like yeah. an artillery shell out the back of the plane <laughs> and just drop it. <laughs> <laughs> just call us like the Red Baron. <laughs> Get a little lower, boys. It's that's a five second drop. <laughs> that is that's legit, right? Like, yeah. can you just imagine? Yeah. That's what we'll do. We're going to go get a whole bunch of triplanes. 
Kurds. <laughs> we will stage them in the border countries north of Afghanistan. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? Those <laughs> those shitheads are waiting for like high-tech aircraft, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you just hear like sputtering. <laughs> or you get like, like an, one of the an Amazon that drone that's got a claw on the bottom, <laughs> and it just flies over. With a with an M sixty eight frag and goes here you go yeah <laughs> there you go oh, oh okay sorry folks that's our tangent time right yeah, there sorry. we had to do it unrealistic man. unrealistic but fun but fun but fun this if is you a, can dream it you can do it see but <laughs> and I and another another point to add to this whole conversation is get with people who you can kind of. You know, you can say around. stupid you stuff. Say with. stupid things. And yeah. If you're, if you're comfortable with them, then go ahead and chat with them. Get get on the show here with us, man. We'll let it rip. That's why we rated it E and P for pirate. E P what? E P whatever whatever, whatever the new rating schemes are. Whatever you know. I thought rated E was for everyone. That's what I thought too, and I saw it when it published when our podcast last week published on all the platforms, and I'm like, uh, it says E, and. Then I went to uh, the distribution platform, and it says E is for explicit. And I was like, you can uh-huh. just put a, put a damn standard across the board. If it's MC-17, let's just make it MC-17 and call it good. You know? <laughs> put the same damn ranking across the board. Whatever the platform is, it doesn't matter. Well, you have, you have, um, you have PG-13, right, for movies? Yeah. And yeah. you have TV-14. TV-14, yeah. Yeah, what's the difference between 13 and 14? Like, how much, one year. Yeah, like how, how, much more, how much more mature are you from 13 <laughs> to 14? Like, seriously. Quite. Quite. <laughs> like, we're ready to break your plate and send you out into the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost a man. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. What else you got over there, Will? Uh, my last big ticket thing that I read, uh, I, I read an article um, this morning that was penned by a... Uh, a three-star Afghan general um, published in the New York Times uh, this morning. And it was a long article, and I mean, very well written, very articulate, uh, describing, you know, the the situation that leading up to kind of the fall of Kabul. Um, this dude, and and the reason he wrote it is because he takes exception to uh, all of the talking heads in the government that said the Afghan army just quit. Right. So, uh, this dude, I wish I could, I, I wish I would have kept the article brought up, um, when we we're talking, but I'll, I'll, we'll circle back and, uh, through our social channels, uh, you know, maybe pop it up there or whatever. But, um, this dude was a commander in the, uh, in the South of Afghanistan and, um, the crew, the crew of dudes he commanded were, um, you know, fighting in the, in that particular city. And they were, they were repelling the Taliban advances and then the Taliban would gain some ground and then they would fuck them up again and push them back. And they were making some progress. They were, they were, uh, uh, pardon my language, but they were, they were doing some, they were stacking bodies of the Taliban and having some success. And, uh, Afghan president Ghani recalled him to Kabul and pulled him out of that command and made him the new commander of the Afghan special operations forces for the whole country. And about the time that happened, the Taliban was rolling into, uh, into the outskirts of Kabul and he started to get command of all of the soft units 
the Afghan soft units, and then Ghani bounced and everything came apart. Uh, the overall point of the article was basically that not only was the previous administration's uh, plans for, you know, uh, pulling out of Afghanistan broken, but this current administration's um, uh, execution of those plans was just totally fumbled. And then to turn around and blame uh, the Afghan National Army for the unraveling of everything um, after all of the intelligence agencies pulled chalks like six weeks ago, uh, all of the contract, the 17,000 contractors that were helping the Afghans run all of their air operations, their overhead cover, their, you know, their uh, um, any kind of uh, Kazavak or, uh, you know, call for fire or anything like that. Uh, it just wasn't something that, oh, and not, and not to mention all of the technology assets that were in place with, uh, with air assets or with uh, direct fire uh, munitions or um, laser guided munitions, you name it. When those contractors pulled chocks also, they took all of that technology with them. So not only did they lose it, but even if it would have remained, they wouldn't have had any of the expertise to run any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was basically calling out, you know, he was throwing the bullshit flag. Like, you know, you guys botched this operation, this pullout operation. And it was never set up for success in the first place because, uh, essentially all of the critical over the overhead operations that, you know, us and, uh, and then contractors were running. It's not as if we cross trained Afghanis to pick that up and run with it after the fact. I mean, yeah, of course they had some helicopter, uh, and, and aircraft capabilities, you know, fixed wing and rotary wing capabilities. <laughs> One thing this guy called out, uh, very directly was, yeah, you let think, Thanks for leaving the Blackhawks. The contractors took all the rockets and the rocket pods off the side. Fuck, I'm going to do with it. Fly it around. Cool, man. Look at this. You know, I, I, what, what were we supposed to do with it? You know, it, it just, it was a super interesting article to read. Now, I'm going to, just like anything, I'm going to, you know, say that there's probably some measure of filter that needs to be put on that uh, because that's just one man's perspective and, he may not, you know, have the entire battle space, you know, uh, laid out in his head. So take it for what it is. But uh, it was a, a unique perspective that I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this dude was, you know, this dude is a, a three-star general educated in England. Um, you know, so he's, it's very unlikely that he's a dummy. I mean, he's, uh, I was reading some of his uh, bona fides and, you know, he's got a master's degree from some school in London or whatever it is. And so he's, it's not likely that he's a dummy, but, uh, uh, but just a unique perspective on some of the things that, you know, have been said by some of the talking heads uh, in our government and, you know, being directly disputed from a guy on the ground commanding forces and stacking bodies, uh, you know, on a daily basis, watching his country unfold in real time. seems to be kind of a trend. A lot of talking heads right? talking mm-hmm. over here and a lot of information coming out of Afghanistan. That's ground truth. Well, anybody, I, right. I want to caution everyone that anybody that you listen to uh, is going to have some sort of a, a filter, number one, and 
most of them will have an agenda, number two, right? So I don't have a filter. <laughs> That's not the kind of filter I'm referring to. Oh. Uh, it's, it's your filter of perception. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, so just be aware of that when, when you are listening either to official U.S. government reports or um, Afghan generals or your old turp yeah. that's still on the ground there. You know, everybody's going to have a, a little bit of a different view about things and, and got it. We won't have a full grasp of exactly what happened for a few years. Oh, yeah. You know, th- this will be looked at. Yeah. This will be analyzed. This will be researched. This will be written about over and over and over again for decades to come. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. True. Now, are we going to heed the lessons learned? No. Mm. Nope. No, we will not. We'll spend billions of dollars uh, with hearings and um, after the fact armchair quarterback shit that, you know, happens after every any kind of engagement. And they'll spend years writing lessons learned and, you know, bringing back guys like Petraeus and McChrystal and all these guys that, you know, had a hand in everything that was Afghanistan. And and they'll pen all of this stuff and this big published lessons learned from Afghanistan and we'll do it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll do it again. I guarantee it. Yeah. I hope not. I hope you all are wrong. I want to be wrong. Yeah. I, I would love to be wrong about that. Um, I am not, I am not an isolationist by any means, but I am a non-interventionist. I think that people need to be left alone to live the way they're going to live until that becomes egregious um, or until it it is a direct impact on us, right? So the, the initial Afghanistan operations that were to um, push the Taliban out, deprive al-Qaeda of a haven to train and plan and to capture uh, UBL, pretty legit. Those are the kinds of things I'm talking about, but then you know, mission creep happens, right? And we always think that we know how to live other people's lives better than they do. No. And not everybody wants democracy. No. Yeah. At least our form of it. Right. They, well, I mean, everybody's looking at us right now as a as a nation going, they're going to tell us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes that embar- on, boys. embarrassment and the creed again. Yeah. I mean, for shit sakes, you know, I... You hit on something there, Andy. I think that uh, uh, I'm I'm also a leave them the f alone kind of dude, but I'm also the kind of guy who thinks that for a place like Afghanistan, just generally as an example, we should be doing everything we can to you know, like our intelligence community needs to be involved. Our soft community needs to be involved, or at least from a counter-terror standpoint, we don't need to commit an entire campaign to something like that. But, I mean, we do. Ha- I think we should have that, or should have the capability to at least see it and watch it and pay attention to it. But, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on the let them live however they want. In the meantime, the, the IC needs to be, like, watching that. And we just yanked everything out of there. Mm-hmm. That, that's a head scratcher for me. It's like, okay, everyone else in the world is saying, 
now that you've pulled all of this out, you know this is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so pull them out. I said I'm pulling them out. Pull them out. Shit, I saw the Brits. Okay, they, they pulled their whole government in, their whole parliament, everybody in, and they're they're like, whoa, what the yeah. hell? You know, they pulled their government in. They're not worried about they're not worried about stuff that we're worried about. You know, voting and whatever else, whatever. Anyway, that's anyway. Um, they're all trying to figure the damn problem out. Like that's other countries' right. number one thing, and they're turning mm-hmm. and going, what the hell is wrong with the United States? What just happened? Right. You know, everything else, full stop. We have to fuck, we have to whole brain this thing until we figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care. You know? We've got AMSITs on on in a failed state. You know, I was asking someone, a friend of ours, um, are we looking at are we looking at the biggest hostage situation ever in U.S. history for sure? And the the God's honest answer that I got was, I think we are potentially. Yeah, we need to be focusing on getting people home. And getting people back here safe, and then let's go ahead and throw the knives back in the middle again, and we can deal with whatever bullshit we got going on in our country. Mm-hmm. But right now, as a nation, right. like, this this needs to be like, in in my opinion, this needs to be like another nine eleven. Everybody needs to stop what the hell they're doing and rally behind this and get people home. If it, it's a shit show, there's nothing we can do about it. It's already we're already eating the sandwich. So if we're gonna eat it, let's make sure that we get everybody home. You know, and get everybody home safe. And then if we want to go back to whatever social issues we're dealing with, you know, I don't like the way Andy calls me. Whatever. <laughs> we won't say it on air. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever gender you want to talk about or whatever well, issue you, you want to talk not about. Even that. Like stop voting on stop voting on a three and a half trillion dollars, you know, tax and spend package mm-hmm. while we're in the middle of an actual this is an actual fight. And has potential to be an absolute powder keg where a bunch of American citizens and people who helped us from Afghanistan are going to die. Correct. They already, they already are. Yeah. Full stop on this stupid shit of, you know, uh, of uh, spending, you know, and infrastructure and blah, blah. Just stop for a minute. Take a breath. Stop trying to jam this shit down our throats. And let's take actual stock of what's happening here. And let's do what we can do to fix it. Everybody, stop mm-hmm. being a Democrat. Stop being a Republican and just be a dude from America that cares about American. And do that. <laughs> yeah. That, is that legal? Yeah. yeah. Legit. I, I don't know. Okay. Legit. But no, yeah, you're right. It, the, the, right now, we need that that rally like we saw on 9-12. You know, right. 9-11, the event happened. 9-12, there was... Everybody was in America. Everybody was focused. Mm-hmm. And and what are the numbers you're seeing? The last number I saw was about 10,000 Americans still, American citizens still in. Well, I, I mean, I know that's... So that's, that has been very, a lot of discrepancies on that because yeah. that is all based on American citizens signing in essentially with the embassy when they come into country. Yeah. Registering, thank you. With the embassy when they show up in country. And then also when they're on their way, I'll be like, I'm out. So because people don't necessarily do that, right? It, it's it's you don't, you're not required to do that. Okay, it, it helps an awful lot in a situation like this. Um, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't necessarily happen. 
right? So some of the people they thought were in country were not in country. Some of the people they didn't know were in country are in country. So there's some discrepancies there. But when they won't release the at least estimated numbers, not not to us. Like, I get it. You, you don't want to put that out public. You don't want the Taliban to, to have, like, a, right, a, a relative Yeah, they're going, shit, there's 15,000 Americans. Let's go get them. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. well, we've only got 10,000. Right. We're still missing 5,000. Exactly. I get that, yeah. but at least release that to lawmakers, mm-hmm. right? When they're in a classified briefing, let them know. Okay, I'm sure because, they have, though. No, 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 no. So I, I was watching a, uh, a press conference with, uh, with a bunch of folks to include our own Mark Green. Um, they, was this the link that I sent you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, they <laughs> I didn't watch the whole thing. They, they wouldn't even tell them how many, uh, how many folks were missing right now. That's oh, no. pretty bad. I'm bad. wondering, um, to be honest with you, though, I mean, kind of, we've sat in similar things like that. You know, I, I would I would be willing to bet that they don't, they just don't know. It's not that they're, and, they're, and they don't even want to, like, just throw a number out there because you know how people are going to grip grip onto it. But it, here, they, the bottom they line, can, it doesn't They matter. can come up with a range. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Regardless of what they, they are 100% sure on or not. Right, right. They can come up with a range, and they can tell our elected officials who then can turn to us and be like, hey, constituents... I can't release this information because it is classified. Here's why, but understand that like I know what's going on. But here's here's the point. Here's the here's the bottom line with all of this. It doesn't matter how many Americans citizen American citizens are over there. If there's one American citizen over there, or if there's ten thousand or a hundred thousand American citizens in a failed state run mm-hmm. by by a barbarian organization, a barbaric organization. I don't even know what you want to call them. I know what I like to call them. That doesn't matter. One or a hundred thousand Americans. We need to stop right. what the hell we're doing and focus. Correct. Right. I, I I know for a fact that there's uh, two units that that's their sole purpose in life, mm-hmm. or well, it used to be. Yeah, I know they can't handle tens of thousands, but there are a lot of folks that are. But there's a whole that, engine that behind with them. them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a whole engine behind them. Mm-hmm. And right. if if we're looking at a mass exodus of American citizens, that should bother people. Like, really, where the hell are we at right now? I, you're saying it, I'm saying it, and uh, pretty much every veteran that I've talked to is saying it. But then everybody else is just like, oh, you know, I got my, as long as my apps are working and my, my Facebook's up, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, to us, that, that may be the rage, that, that maybe we just stumbled upon something. We're kind of looking at this as the day after 9-11 for us mm-hmm. in the fact that it's that it, there are American citizens in harm's way. Yeah. Right. I mean, and think and and think about the the guys who were able to get out of like Benghazi. I mean, they're looking at this going, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. You know, I Yeah. I can't even imagine what's going through those dudes' heads that survived that. Mhm. Well, we know that this is a complicated situation and we we want to allow time in in this in this space to be able to voice our own opinions and our own thought processes on certain things, you know, take a little bit of time to be able to do that. And I think, you know, it's good to be able to do that. And like we've been saying this whole episode, we encourage people to talk. All right. Get with people who understand you, get with people who can speak your language, who aren't offended by your thought process. But make sure that you are, are surrounding yourself with people who can throttle you back also. And that's important is to be able to be throttled back. Yeah. Be because aware if, if you're talking to somebody that you have a tendency to get, you, you feed off of each other and mm-hmm. you tend to get really, really spun up. 
might not be the person to talk to you right now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now you, you you may want to bring that person along and include others in the conversation that you yeah. know are going to help you know um, level things out for everyone. I think that's probably not a bad idea. That's a really good point. And why the hell are you here? I don't know. I'm here to get you spun up. That's what Andy, I do. Andy always, Andy always gets me fired up. He says something Poke super intelligent and then like sticks me with like a little dagger in the side. Like, go, Gary, go. go Poke, Gary, poke go. him with a stick. Watch <laughs> him go. Wind him up. Wind him Just up. Just wind him up. So anyway. Who pulled his string? Who, yeah, exactly. Will had said something earlier that I thought was really funny. You were, mm-hmm. you were chatting away and then you said, I don't give an F. Come on, man. <laughs> you've you, you said the F-bomb this whole time, and then one time you're having a moment, you're like, I don't give an F. You know what, Will? <laughs> I'm going to take that as you trying to improve yourself, yeah. and I want to say thank you for that. <laughs> Shut up, Andy. Good work. <laughs> Good work. Don't Shut listen up, to him. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to him. One time out of 50. I'm going to go back and listen to this, and we're all going to be like, oh, there. <laughs> We're going to have to have a digital have a ticker, on the, have a ticker on the bottom. Yeah, You should have an F-bomb ticker and then show duds. <laughs> <laughs> I like where your head's that at. That was a dud. Yeah, I like yeah that was a dud. Okay, so go. two things. See, we come up with all these fun ideas. Two things then. We should set up the virtual tip, tip jar. Mm-hmm. And if people would like to donate to the podcast and to the efforts and everything that we got going on right here specifically to run this thing, that would be much appreciated. But then what we do is for every dud... You, you give, like, a good tip. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if we get a dud, then it's like, good job, guys. You're, you're growing <laughs> up. You're, you're starting to acclimate. Here you go. Here's $10. But if you're you drop some self-control. Our own reverse cuss jar sitting there. There you so go. So when we throw a dud, then we have to put money in the oh, cuss jar. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. So if we drop an F-bomb, we put money in. If we throw a dud, other people then throw in. They, they commit to throwing in <laughs> so everybody to encourage our growth. So everybody's committed here. Everybody's committed. So then so like then that. we pay the I penalty like of, like of dropping F-bombs. Right. And then when we show that kind of self-restraint, <laughs> then other people commit to to donating. Oh, boy, that's going to be hard. We need to find some, we need to find some wealthy donors. <laughs> no kidding. Because <laughs> when I get off on a tangent, I'm on it. Uh, yeah. So you don't even act like you're done. Andy, I've spent, that hurts I spent, me. I spent many that hours. That cuts me deeply. I was thinking about this last night, so I was tossing and turning. <laughs> you were thinking about me last night, yes. tossing and turning? Yes, I was thinking about you tossing That's... and turning. No, so I was tossing and turning around last night, kind of going Weird. over my head how this is how this episode was going to go today, you know, just in my head. Since Jeff's not here to run technical side, Jeff. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I got to throw his name out there. Yeah, come on, and, Jeff. Yeah, so... You get nervous about this type of stuff, you know. Is it gonna is it gonna work? Are we gonna have the same situation that we had last time, <laughs> where you go live and all of a sudden, boom, it dies on you? Yeah, you have seven um, minutes worth of uh, technical uh, difficulties minutes, right out the gate. Seven minutes of us going uh e uh uh. So uh, I was I was thinking about it. I was like, man, you know, the team the team that we were on uh, in 2016. I was I was doing the math in my head, and I was like, holy crap, five of us got out and are all on the entrepreneurial track. Like no joke, and mm-hmm. then I started thinking about all the conversations that we had. Remember, <laughs> sitting there for, sitting there doing what we do. Even even SF guys can be Joe. We, we might not throw rocks into the helmet, but <laughs> we can sit around and talk about some dumb stuff and how we would take over the world. Mm-hmm. But all those conversations that we had about, oh man, we should we should just write a book. We should do this. We should do that. All five of those guys are now out in the world doing something yeah. with their hands. 
And I was like, that's pretty impressive. You know, we're all sitting there in our downtime just what, five years ago. And look at where we're at now. And then of course, you know, Tom in, you know, with Will and, you know, linking up with Will and everything with a, on the eighth order side and it's weird how the world works. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway, you were going to say something seriously about seven minutes ago. I'm, I'm, I'm testing his TBI. Okay. He his is memory. He's testing it. But on the bright side, I have a reference right in front of me. So the what I want to do Oh, is, he's over here taking notes. As we start as we start working our way towards wrapping things up and, and closing down, I want to encourage everyone once again, um, call your buddies. If you haven't talked to them in a day or two, uh, or you haven't talked to them in a month or two or a year or two, doesn't matter. Give them a call, shoot them a text message, um, have a conversation. Do your buddy checks. See how everybody's doing. Uh, the other thing is get involved locally. Go check out your local VFW. Go check out your local American Legion. I think that those are good organizations, man. And then uh, you want to hit the Veterans Crisis Hotline? Yeah, and, uh, Veteran Crisis Hotline. Uh, may, the, you can anonymously call them and whatever. I have never used it. Uh, I do know some guys who have. Um, but anyway, the number is 1-800-273-8255 and the, uh, text number, you can text them, uh, 838-255. Uh, if you guys got anything going on, if you can't get a hold of a buddy or you can't get a hold of anything, uh, that you feel comfortable with, you can call the veteran hotline, the crisis line, and they'll take care of you. A couple of, a couple of thank yous, uh, recently, um, again, this past weekend, participated in that uh, Sons of the Flag uh, charity uh, skeet and trap and helice shooting event. Big thanks to McClarty Diversified Holdings for helping sponsor that. Randall Reed Planet Ford down in Dallas. That was the people who organized everything down there. And uh, and the Dallas Gun, Gun Club for hosting uh, everybody down there. Good work raising money for uh, a really worthy cause. My good best pals, Camp Southern Ground, who are running... Uh, veteran transition programs and post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury uh, recovery programs. When you when you buy from us, we give to them. And then also the month of September, we are diverting some of that donation to these Afghan evacuation efforts. So uh, you can go to www.8thorder.com and get involved. If you are a veteran who is in need, Gary just gave out the veteran crisis hotline. But if you need to just get some shit off your chest, you can call me here in the shop. It's area code 419-532-2888. And if I'm not not in, if I'm, you know, out running around running kids like I so often do, hit us at info at eighthorder.com, and I'll hook you up with my cell phone so we can get on the horn and do some talking. Sweet. So there's resources out there, guys. Everybody can talk to everybody right now. We're all kind of in the same mindset. Everybody's rallying together. Everybody's rallying to help or uh, attempt to help or find something to do that, that they can get involved with. So make sure you guys are hitting up one of these resources. It doesn't matter um, any time of the day. You can reach out to anybody. Uh, I just want to close with uh, thanks to everybody, you guys, Will, Andy, uh, Jeff, Tom, everybody who's, you know, thank you for your all service, uh, everything that you guys are continuing to do as veterans and uh and continuing to serve so hopefully we can keep up busting up some stigmas and and drop a couple f-bombs along the way maybe fire a couple duds and <laughs> likely some duds likely well yeah we'll, we'll work on the duds <laughs> i don't like throwing duds though 
That's not, yeah. the, that's not the point. But anyway. But it's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, you all have a great one. We appreciate you all spending time with us. And leave us comments and let us know. And we'll uh, see you guys next time. Anyway, you all have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.